This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Malachi chapter number three, verse six. I want to talk to you about one of the most important messages that I could absolutely share at our church. Now, it is... Um, I think we are almost to year four of our church, and this is the first time after about three and a half years that I'm actually going to address us as a congregation on this subject. And I got to be honest, I'm so excited because I believe, trust me, this is more for you than it is for us. This is a blessing and a benefit to your life far more than it ever, ever could do for Zoe. I want to talk to you about tithes and offerings and how God sees them in your life. And if you and I will adhere the advice and the instruction of God, it will bring a blessing to your life that is beyond understanding. So I would not be a good pastor if I did not serve free coffee and teach you this message. This is so important. I want you to write down the title of the series. It's called Say I Won't. Say, I won't, and I believe that this is what God is saying to us in Malachi chapter 3. Now, you might be like, is this an offering message? It kind of is, but more than anything, it's the heart of God for your life. I want to just show you exactly what the Bible says about when it comes to our money. Now, understand this. God talks in the scriptures. He talks more about money than he does about heaven. He talks more about money than he does about sex. He talks more about money than he does almost any subject in the Bible because God knows that money attaches itself to our heart. And he wants us to be free from the love of money so we can absolutely fall in love with God. Just love this. Watch what God says here. Malachi chapter number 3. This is an incredible portion of scripture. And he says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. That's so good. Right up front, you got to know that God does not change. He has been the same yesterday, he'll be the same today, and he'll be the same forever. Seasons change, the weather changes. How many are ready to get out of June gloom already? I'm ready for July already. God says, I don't change. I'm the Lord, and I'm not a God to change. My character, my nature, my promises, they remain the same. Therefore, because of this reality, because I don't change... You are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. This is what God is saying. Because I don't change, <laughs> you're still alive. Because I'm awesome, I haven't killed you. I'm the Lord, I don't change. That's why I haven't hurt you. That's why you're not consumed by my wrath. Because I'm awesome. Watch what he says. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances. We're going to come back to that word, ordinances. And have not kept them, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return to you? God, what way are we coming back? Watch this. He says, will a man rob God? This is God speaking, yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you, God? He says, in tithes and offerings. Yet you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes. Everybody say tithes. Bring all the tithes. Now, what is a tithe? A tithe is a tenth. 
Bring the tenth of your income. Bring a tenth of your produce. Bring a tenth of what you make. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, which could be translated church. Into the church. Bring all the, God wants his tithes into the church. Bring all the tithes into the church that there may be food in my church, in my house. And try me now in this. This is where we're going to land. And try me now. Test me, says other translations. Test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing. Now just by show of hands, how many of you, you would love to receive such a blessing from God? Let me see your hand. If you would love to see, receive some kind of blessing. He says, test me in this and see if I won't throw open the windows of heaven and pour out for you a minor blessing? No. Pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit of your field, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you, what is that word? Oh, it's already getting quiet. Uh, what is that word there? Bless. All the nations will call you blessed, for you will be delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Now, I think God says, he says, says the Lord of hosts four times in this section. And he says, says the Lord of hosts, says the Lord of hosts, says the Lord of hosts. Why does he keep saying that? Because he does not want you to think that a preacher is saying this. He does not want you to think that a man is making this up. He keeps saying, God says this. The Lord Almighty says this. The Lord of hosts says this. He says, try me. This is the only area in all of your life that God invites you to test him in. This is the only area that God says, try, try me out. Test me in this. And say I won't. See if I won't. If you adhere to this, see if I won't throw open the windows of heaven and pour out more blessing. It says that you have room for. You will not have enough room for the blessings that come into your life if you are faithful to adhere to the ordinances that God has prepared. You won't have room enough. Come on, some people started clapping. That's... That's permissible if you get excited about God's promises. Now, I love the subtitle of this series. The series is called Say I Won't because God is saying, test me and see if I say I won't do this to you. So we are going to test God's promise and we are going to open heaven's window. I want to get very clear with our church today. I am not for one moment suggesting that if you don't tithe, you are rebellious. You don't have to tithe. In fact, if you don't tithe, you're not going to come under a curse because Jesus has removed all curse in our life. So you can't get cursed because of Jesus. All the curse has been reversed. Jesus paid the price so we cannot get cursed. So if you don't tithe, you are not rebellious. And if you don't tithe, you are not under a curse. Somebody say amen. But I do want to tell you that if you do tithe, you will come under a blessing that you will not be able to hold. You will come under a blessing that you will not be able to have enough room for. I want to write down the title of today's message. Write down this title. It's called Open the Window. Now I feel like for your family and your future, I pray for our church and for your life that you live under an open window and an open heaven that you can walk under the open window and the open heaven and receive. Trust me, this is not about money. This is all about heart. And when you 
give God your heart and give God your life, what happens is you will receive a blessing. You might be giving money, but it will come to you relationally. It will come to you in, in physical form. It will come to you in emotional health. You will be blessed beyond your wildest dreams. It's not about money. It's all about heart. And so I want to preach an open window to our lives and to our church. Let's bow our heads and let's pray together and let's believe that God will come and speak to us. Jesus, we thank you that you gave us everything. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, we thank you that you are so kind and so loving and, and so good. We are in awe of you. We cannot believe that you have been so faithful. We cannot believe the provision and the faithfulness of, of you in our lives. We say yes. We agree, Lord. We, we comply with your ordinances. We thank you that you are just. You are faithful. You are good. And so we receive your promise. We receive your love today. God, we thank you as a church that you are for us and not against us. And as a church, we declare an open window over the Lakers and the Dodgers. We thank you that we're not just going to the World Series this year. We're going to win the World Series this year in Jesus' name. And we all said together, come on, clap and thank God together. Now, I know some of you are like, why does he always pray for the teams? Well, the other day we were with some couples, and one of the ladies said, my husband stayed in the Zoe because you prayed for the Lakers. I said, there we go. Then another lady said, my husband stayed in the church because you prayed for the Dodgers. That's why I'm just going to stay right there. We're going to keep growing this church. We're going to keep growing this church in Jesus' name. I, I, I don't know about you, but, like, I've always loved to, like, roll down the windows and, like, just cruise you ever be in the car, you just like, just get the windows down and just let it, it's kind of fun now because when I do it, like my kids are in the back just getting pummeled, you know, just, just, my dad's like, my little brother's like, dad, close the window. I'm like, no, I'm having fun up here, bro. I don't know about you. And I think the reason why I like to do this is because my first car was a 1979 puke green Plymouth Volari. 1979 puke green Plymouth Volari. This is the worst, this is one of those cars, it's a natural lowrider. Like, my friends in high school used to be like, dude, did you do that to the car? I said, no, man, it came like this. It's just like, this is a big old boat. You know, like one of them cars you can fit like 24 people in it? And like, well, I, I remember it was awesome because you would get in this thing. And I was totally that guy. 16 years old, got my license. Like, I'm totally that guy. Went out and bought a Pioneer deck, you know, and put, put, put two, you know, 12s in the trunk. I was that guy driving through my high school parking lot. Just my trunk's just rattling. <laughs> Like, the, the music sounds awful. You cannot hear one lyric. You just, poof, poof. I'm just rolling like, holla at your white guy. <laughs> you know, like, just like wearing my Jordans and everything. Just like, ball out. <laughs> you live on an island. Anyways, so, so but, I, but I'll never forget this 1979 puke green. This is how bad it was. It was such an ugly color. I paid a guy a couple hundred bucks to paint it a different green. Like, why did I choose green again? So, so. This is the worst car you can imagine. But the worst part of the car was not the sound system. It was not the natural low rider. It was not the big bench in the back that seats 18. The worst part of the car was that about six months driving into it, the window got stuck. Like, I couldn't get the window down. Now, in Washington, that's okay because it only gets hot one day a year. But I'll never get that one day a year. I want to put my window down, and I, it's stuck. I think that's why now today when I'm in, I call our new minivan the Swagger Wagon. When I'm in the Swagger Wagon, I just put all the windows down. Let's bask in the glory. But I want to talk to you about the potential of you living with an open window. 
you living with an open heaven. And I want to tell you that God's window is not stuck. God's window can be activated whenever you have the faith. Did you see what God says? Bring your tithes to the storehouse. Bring your tenth. Now, I like that God said tenth, tithe. Tithe is a Hebrew word. I like that he said tithe because it's a tenth for everybody. Whether you make $300 or $300 million, it doesn't matter to God. We all are on the same playing field. And God said, I want you to bring your tithe, your tenth to my house, that there may be food. Now, in this case, it's not talking about actual food, but spiritual food. That there may be food resource in my house. He said, now test me in this. Try me. Say I won't do this. That if you bring a tent to my house, I will, I just see it this way. God can do more with your 90% that's blessed than your 100% that's not. Again, you're not cursed, but you are blessed. That 90% is blessed by God. He says, you do this and I'll open the windows of heaven. I'll pour out. Can you see it? Can you get the picture of God pouring out blessing on your marriage, blessing on your children, blessing on your household, blessing on your business? I'll open the windows of heaven, and I'll start pouring a blessing out that you can't handle. He says, and by the way, as I'm opening the window and pouring out a blessing, he said, I will rebuke the devourer. What does that mean? God is saying, I will rebuke the one that tries to come in and take money. The one that tr- comes in and tries to just get, rob you of your investments. He said, I'll actually be a hedge and I'll be a protection around your finance. I always hear two testimonies of people that say they can't tithe. Usually when people say that they can't tithe, it's two things. Usually people say, oh, tithing is from the Old Testament. Well, tithing, by the way, is in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Tithing was before the law, it was during the law, and it was after the law. The other reason why people don't tithe is a lot of people will say, I can't afford to tithe. And you're right. You'll never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe. Because the devourer cannot get rebuked from your finances and your house until you start tithing. But as soon as you tithe, the devourer is rebuked by God himself. Now, I want to teach you how to live under an open heaven and an open window because I believe this will change your life. This is more about faith and this is more about heart than it is about money. Write down number one today. This is a two-way test. This is, now, (laughs) growing up, the worst part of getting educated was being in class and sitting down in my seat and having a teacher go, okay, everybody take out pen and paper. We are going to take today's test. And I was always the guy going, what, what test? What? We, we taking a test today? Nobody told me we're taking a test. Maybe you get paid once a week. Maybe you get paid once a month. Or for us, we get paid on the 1st and the 15th. Every time you get income, you receive a test. Every time you get paid, you are getting tested from God. And that test is not a money test. It is a heart test. And it's a test to say, am I going to trust God? Am I going to let my heart be where my treasure is? 
Am I going to give what God has? Am I going to obey his ordinances? Am I, I'm testing, is God going to really open the windows of heaven? Is he really going to pour out a blessing? Every time you get paid, you receive a test. Watch what God says in this scripture. This is Malachi 3.10. Watch what it says when it comes on the screen. Just want to read this just to remind ourselves this is exactly what God is saying. Test me in this. Test me in this area. Test me. Now, this is a two-way test because it's not only that you that's getting tested, but God is getting tested. God's saying, test me. And the Hebrew word that God is using here for test is test like if you were to test gold for its purity, silver for its purity. He's saying, test my faithfulness. Test my character. See if I'm pure. See if I'm a liar. See if I'm a man. No, I am God. I am a faithful God. I don't change. Test me and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. Every time you get paid, it is a two-way test. So when I give my tithes, it's not that I'm being tested alone. God's character is being tested. His nature is being tested. Test me in this, God says. This is a two-way test. And I want to encourage some people, you ought to start testing God. I only hear two testimonies of people that faithfully tithe. I only hear the same two testimonies of people that start tithing. And when they tithe, remember, remember, you ever see an infomercial? And they're always like, money back, guaranteed. (laughs) Try our product, and if you don't like it, money back. If it doesn't work, money back, guaranteed. I only hear two testimonies of people that test God in the area of tithing. I only hear two things that people say consistently when they're faithful tithers. This is the two things you'll always hear from people that tithe. They'll say, number one, we are so blessed. You always hear that from tithers. I've never met a tither that goes, you know what? Biggest regret of my life, started tithing. We've been screwed ever since. Just put us under. I don't know why we did it. That God guy, he let us down. All all I hear is, we're so blessed. And the second testimony you hear from tithers is, we are so thankful. Because it's out of gratitude where you go, God, now I want to remind you, God has given you all your grace, all your talent, all of your job. He is the author and the finisher of your life. And usually tithers, they go like this. I give back to you not because I have to. I wonder if God sometimes look at that attitude and go, whoa, 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 just keep it. The other day I gave my son a donut. And I was like, hey, man, can I get a piece of that donut? And he was like, whoa, sorry, man. Keep it. Okay, never mind. I do want something. You know, hook it up. You always hear from Tyler's, we are so thankful. It's the attitude of gratitude. God, thank you for your provision. Thank you that you've given me far more than I ever thought I'd have. Thank you that you have supplied my job and my friendship and my kids. Usually people that tithe are not just thankful for money, they're thankful for their life. And they start tithing and going, thank you, God, for the cross. Thank you for salvation. God, you gave me everything. How could I not give you just this Thank you so much. 10% seems small. You died on a cross for me. 10% seems small. You've given me my house and my relationships. And just, God, I'm so blessed and I'm so thankful. Remember, when it comes to tithe, we don't tithe last. We always tithe first. 
all through Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, the theme of God is that God goes first. God always goes first. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament, I'll tell it to you and then I'll read it to you. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is a guy named Elijah. Elijah's a prophet. He's, he's a bad mamma jamma. He does a lot for God. He's an incredible guy. Just, he's, he, Elijah's the man. And one day, God tells Elijah, Elijah, I want you to go to this city, and I want you to go encounter this lady, and this lady's going to make a meal for you. He's like, all right, God, you, you haven't let me down yet. So Elijah gets up, and he goes and encounters this widow. When he sees the widow, the widow's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to break this to you. I don't have any food. In fact, I'm fixing to go home and fix my last meal for my son and I, and then we are going to die. She is desperate. She is on her last penny. She doesn't have any food. Why did God send Elijah the prophet to a widow that doesn't have anything? Watch how the story reads here on the scriptures. This is 1 Kings 17. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. What? So he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and, um, I like this, and, uh, Bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and die. What an awesome lady. <laughs> I can't tell if she's like mad offended or this is just the reality. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the land. Write down number two today, but first. But first, why do we give God our first? It's because God is worthy of our best. God is not the God of last place. God comes first in our life. And hear me today. If you put God first in your life, everything else will fall into order. I'm not saying you won't have troubles. I'm not saying you won't have drama. I'm just saying if you put God first in your life, everything else will fall into order. He says, but first, before you go pay, listen, we pay God, we give our tithes to God before I pay my mortgage payment, before I give to the cell phone company, before I give to Visa. Why do I give to God before Visa? Because Visa cannot deliver me. Visa cannot pay my bills. Visa cannot open a window from heaven. Visa cannot pour out a blessing. Visa didn't die on a cross. Visa can't take care of me the rest of my life. Only God can. So God goes first. The first thing I do, this is, the, this is my favorite thing to do. Some of, I know some of our church, you know, likes to uh, do the automatic uh, payment um, pushback, and everything. that's cool. But I like to do it myself. And so on the 1st and the 15th, I love, when I wake up in the morning, I check, I, I don't know if you do this, I check my accounts every morning. Every morning, this is like clockwork. It's a few things I do every single morning. One of the things, I check my accounts to see where we're at, see how we're doing, see what Julia spent. Nordstrom, Nordstrom, Nordstrom. Praise God. Let's go work harder. Okay, so 
Just kidding. Trader Joe's. So um, <laughs> check our accounts. Now, when it's the first and I see that we have gotten our direct deposit, the first thing I do is I go over to push pay and I pay my tithes. It's the first thing I do. It is the, why? Because God is worthy of it. So I bring, I do not bring my leftovers. I don't, we cannot live our lives going, okay, well, I got to pay this, and I got to pay AT&T, and I got to do this, and DirecTV, and all the, and then, then let's see what's left for God. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, God has always said, bring me the first. Bring me the best. And for our case, it is 10. I don't know why. But God is into 10. God's just into the number. He loves 10. Let me just show you some things in Scripture where God loves 10. I'm going to say something out loud, and you give me the answer of how many it was. How many commandments are there? How many uh, plagues were in Egypt? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? How many times did Jacob's wages get changed? A lot of you didn't know it, but just say 10. There's going to be a theme here. Just keep, keep, stay with me. Okay, watch. How many days were Dan, was Daniel tested? How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? How many days of testing in the book of Revelation? How many disciples did Jesus have? Twelve. You walked right into it, didn't you? Close the window. No soup for you. <laughs> God loves 10. He's in a 10. 10's his number. And I give my 10th to God. I give my best to God. Visa, you come later. God gets my best. God, and if you live a God first life, your whole life will fall in order. When God gets back there in your relationships, back there in your business, back there in your lifestyle, that's when things go haywire. This is just one area where I can show God you are first. You're first in my marriage. You're first in my home. You're first in my temple. And you are first in my finance. God's first. And here's my favorite part. This is the last thing I'm going to share with you today. It's my favorite part. That when I give my, I'm on push pay, I'm usually in bed. I still like to use my phone in bed, anybody else. So I don't get along with these people. I don't understand them. They're like, you know, I don't check social media for the first two hours of the day. I don't even pick up my phone. I'm like, really? It's the first thing I do, pick up my phone. How are we doing? What's going on, world? How are we doing? Didn't get any text messages last night? Nope, okay. Pay my tithe. Now, when I pay my tithe, I try to get a visual that when I pay my tithe, I'm not just bringing it into Zoe. I'm not just bringing it into the house. But I want you to get a visualization that when you give your tenth, you give your tithe, Jesus himself receives it. This is so beautiful. You may be giving it transactionally through an app, but you are offering your best to Jesus. To Jesus himself. Is that biblical or is that just like imagination simmer this is the bible watch this you can't make this stuff up look here in hebrews watch what the bible says this is such a beautiful verse here mortal men receive tithes but there he receives them 
of whom it is witnessed that he lives. You might be giving it here to Zoe. You might be paying your tithes into the storehouse that there may be food. But Jesus receives your tithe. And he's watching, isn't he? Isn't that, remember that story when Jesus, he, he stops the whole tithing portion of the service. And he's like, hold on, everybody stop, stop, hold on, hold on. Did, you, did everybody see that? This lady who has nothing gave more than all the people that have so much. He's watching and he's receiving. When you give to God, you ought to get a picture of Jesus being thrilled and Jesus opening a window to pour out a blessing because he receives your tithe. You're not just tithing to push pay. You're not tithing to Zoe. You're, you're tithing to God. He sees them and he receives them. It's mortal men that are, listen, it is our job, it is our responsibility with the board of elders at Zoe, with Julie and I as the lead pastors, to be good stewards. And by the way, the reason why Zoe is blessed, and by the way, I'm not preaching this because we need money. We are more than blessed. We are more than taken care of. Our savings is awesome. Our church is in good standing. We are blessed. But I'm telling you this because Zoe tithes. Zoe gives a tenth away to both local, national, and global missions. The reason why we can help Arkansas in the midst of their flood is because we're tithers. We give away a tenth of everything that comes in. I'm not preaching to you something that I don't live personally and something we don't live out corporately. And I believe that when we give to Arkansas's devastation and when we give to missionaries and when we give to things that are happening in this local area, did you know that yesterday we had 18 outreaches happening all over our city? We are being a blessing and we are being a, we are being a gracious, generous church. And i got to believe that Jesus is watching. Now, again, I want to go back to anybody that says, well, tithing is an Old Testament reality. I don't, I'm in the New Testament now, so I don't have to walk in Old Really? Oh, so now that we're in the New Testament, everything of the Old Testament is out? No, 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 no. Just because we are under grace doesn't mean I throw away the Old Testament. I'm under grace now, but didn't the Bible say, thou shalt not murder? Do I walk around and go, I'm under grace now? I don't know what that was. Sorry. Like, I didn't even know what I was doing, right? Skinny jeans. Man, come on. He was like, like what? What did you do, man? That was weird. So, you, okay. Um, I'm under the New Testament, and I'm under grace, and even Jesus himself spoke of tithing and wanted us to tithe. Jesus actually is so passionate about us not just being tithers, but people of faith and people of justice and people of mercy. In fact, he only had a beef with people that paid tithe but were heartless and cold. Watch this, Matthew 23, and watch what Jesus says to these hypocrites. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you pay tithe, and you even tithe on mint, and you even tithe on anas, or whatever that is, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. In other words, he's saying, you should have been all about mercy and faith and justice and tithing. Zoe, please hear me. We're not just going to be passionate about an open heaven for us and be cold to the people that are suffering in our city, that an injustice happens in Virginia Beach. We're going to be people of faith and mercy and justice and love and tithe. 
Worship team, you can come join me. Just want you to get that picture. Jesus receives your tithe. Jesus receives your tithe. He receives your offering. And I just got to believe that Jesus actually cares more. Of, it is more personal to Jesus than you realize. I think tithing is a bigger deal to Jesus than, than we realize. It's more personal to him. It has to be. Because the church, where the tithe should come, is, the Bible calls it, we are the church, the bride of Christ. So I actually think it's probably more personal to Jesus than we realize. Because it has to do with his bride. Like just for example, if I were to say, I'm going to take a trip. I'm going to go away for a while, and um, while I'm gone, I'm going to send Roman, Peter, okay, Moana, Samoan Jesus, and Nate. I'm going to send these three guys $1,000 a month, and all that I ask of them is that while I'm away, give a tenth to my wife, Julia, but, but I'm going to send faithfully $1,000 a month. And um, just make sure my wife gets a tent. And I come back after like, let's say, three months. I check in. I say, how um, how these guys been doing? And the first one, Roman. Roman's just like the most responsible guy in the whole church. <laughs> so every month, like on the first, in fact, sometimes like on the 31st, $100 shows up to my wife. I'm like, but oh, this guy's awesome. And I said, we go to Peter and say, how much did Peter give? And Peter's been sending $200 on the first two. I didn't ask him for $200, this overachiever, huh? <laughs> Only asked for $100. That's amazing. And I go to Nate Dog. And I'm like, how much, how much did Nate send? Well, first month he sent 30 bucks. Second month, 15. And we don't know where the third month is. We haven't received it yet. You know, the next time I go, I'm probably going to take what I was given to Nate. And I'll probably divide it. And I'll give it to these guys. Because it's stewardship. And it's faithfulness. And I, again... I, I, don't, I don't say this because we need money. We have, we're, we're blessed. We are very blessed. But I say this because I want you to be blessed. I want your home to be blessed. I want you to live with an open heaven and an open window. And again, if you're like, I don't have faith to tithe, you're not cursed. You're not rebellious. You're not. You don't have to tithe to get into heaven, by the way. You don't. But um, when I think about what Jesus has done for me, this is my worship to Jesus. This is my response. I don't want to just respond with singing. And I don't want to just respond by wearing bracelets about my faith. I want to respond by, Lord, this is the least I could do. And the Bible actually says, this is the last scripture I want to share with you. This, this, this is so good. The Bible actually says, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. 
Matthew 6, 21. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. You follow your money, you'll discover your heart. Wherever your money is invested, your heart is always there. I just grew up with a dad that was like always about something he was investing into. I go downstairs in my dad's house. And he's, you guys remember Bowflex? My dad's like crushing it on Bowflex. I'm like, what are you doing? You've never worked out a day in your life. He's like, just invested in the Bowflex, loving it. All of a sudden, my dad, like, a year later, Adidas, head to toe, like, just all Adidas. I'm like, when did you start wearing Adidas? Just invested in Adidas, man. That's all I'm buying now. I'm like, you're crazy. He's like, Walmart. All of a sudden, he got in this Walmart kick. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I invested in the Walmart. I'm like, what is, wherever your treasure is, your heart is. Wherever you put your money, that is a revelation of your investment of your heart. And I don't know about you, but I want my heart and my money to be in the kingdom of God. I want the house of God to know I'm committed. This is not lip service. This is not just my hands raised. My treasure's here because my heart is here. 